Welcome to the Grace Baptist Church podcast, and thanks for joining us for this episode. Before we begin, please take a moment to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoy this content, please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. We'd like to extend an invitation to you and your family to join us for worship this week at Grace Baptist Church. We'd also love to connect with you online at gracekettering.org. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy the episode. Good evening to everybody. Good to see you tonight once again. It's good to be back and uh, it's good to be in your church. It really is. And <clears throat> we've had a wonderful day and we've enjoyed getting to know your pastor and uh, his family, his wife, her children. And uh, we've had a blessed time here. It's been a thrill. And uh, thank you for being here tonight. If you're glad to be here, say amen. Amen, and uh, it's a joy to be back in church, enjoy the music, and the children, thank you so much for your testimony, thank you, God bless both of you and your family, and uh, Valerie, thank you for singing, appreciate it. Turn your Bibles with me, if you would, to the book of Acts, the book of Acts, chapter 16, Acts chapter 16. Tonight, I'd just like to take... Um, the time we have, and share with you these verses that was in the video this morning that is, were highlighted and have, been a, have meant a great deal to us, and we've used them in our testimony and how the Lord has brought us from where we were to where we are today and um, really been a seven-year uh, journey for us that God has put us on and and all throughout it, no matter how Pastor and I was talking today, as you look back on things, you look back on time, and uh, look back on seven years, and look back on a stretch of time that way, and it kind of just looks like a big lump, you know, it's all lumped together. But when you start stretching it all out, you realize, boy, that's a lot of time. And you put yourself in the middle of it, and you look ahead this long, and you look back that long, and you're in the middle of all of that, and you realize how long that is, and and where you were at each of those points and each of those junctures and what the Lord did and what He still continues to do. And I can say this, no matter where we are at this point in our walk spiritually with the Lord and in our growth, and I hope and I trust in each of our lives, uh, just in this group here tonight, um, no matter where you are spiritually, I hope we can leave this place tonight at least with the heart, our, our minds, our wills, but I hope this, we're moving forward. We're moving forward. Um, we're all different levels, spiritually speaking. That's just, that's just reality. But I hope tonight we're not going backward. Let's move forward. And you may be going backward tonight, but let's turn around and move forward. And uh, let's not go backward uh, time's short. Urgency is real. Jesus is coming soon. And I mentioned this morning and the reality of that, and that's what the Scripture, <clears throat> we find that those monumental truths, the resurrection, the return of Jesus Christ, and we look back, we know the resurrection. He is risen, and there's no, no doubt about that. And that challenges our lives, and we have a risen Savior. We have a living Savior to serve. But he's coming again. 
and faith will become sight. Uh, for this time, we live by faith. We walk by faith, but faith will become sight. It'll be real. And think of the day we get to lay our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a day of rejoicing, no doubt about it, but it could also be a frightening day that we will stand before our Savior, yes, but we will stand before the one who will judge us, not for our sins, but for what we did for him. And we will be rewarded accordingly. And I hope and I trust that each of us tonight can stand before the judgment seat of Christ. I know it'll be, a, I think, a time of weeping as well as rejoicing. But um, after all of that, God will wipe away all of our tears. But um, it's going to be a sombering time. But I hope we can be there and realize what we did for the Lord Jesus Christ, not because of anything we did, but because of what He did and what He can do through us. As you look in the book of Acts, we'll just look at two verses, and these are the verses that we will highlight. And we'll look at the entire chapter, not necessarily verse by verse, but kind of highlight the story uh, somewhat. But in verse 9, let's stand as we read the Scriptures together. Verse 9, the Scripture says this, And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia. Assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for your grace and your mercy that you have abundantly and richly bestowed on each of us. And Father, we thank you for grace that is truly undeserving that you have given to each of us in our lives. And again, all that we ever will do or we have done has all been by grace. And we thank you for this. Thank you for the mercy that you've given to us. And Lord, you have delivered us. You have redeemed us through Jesus Christ. And we thank you for the power of the gospel. Father, I pray that you would stir our hearts tonight. Our hearts have been stirred already. I pray, God, that you would work in each of our lives. You have something for every one of us to do. And so, God, I pray that each of us tonight will be moving forward. And, Father, that we will have great zeal, a sense of urgency for what needs to be done and what we can do, Lord, with you enabling. God, use us here tonight. Thank you for each of these who are here. Please, you know the hearts of every single one. May the Holy Spirit of God take the words of your word, please, and may it impact and may it change us. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. I want to give to you tonight from chapter 16 kind of a little bit of the history of this. And I think your, your pastor has already went through the book of Acts and is going through and has covered these verses just recently. But for us, it's very personal. And I'd like to share a little bit of this with you. But I want to look at just four, uh, break this chapter down a little bit into four different thoughts uh, regarding this. And this is a call of the Apostle Paul uh, to a different region and his missionary journeys from one point to the other. And 
knowing and sensing the Lord's leading and following the Lord in that leading and obeying the Lord in it. And as we look at this, we're going to look, first of all, at the obedience we see in the life of Paul. And, of course, as Luke here is recording this for us, as uh, he is writing and uh, giving us this account. But you see the, the place, of course, it is being spoken of is Macedonia. We use that expression many times, the Macedonian call. And it's very familiar, especially uh, when we speak of missions and, and the call of God. But this is the Macedonian call, and this has come over and help us. Macedonia was a region, and uh, today the places of that would be uh, uh, Bulgaria, I believe, is one of those, uh, Kosovo, um, uh, what was the other one, uh, Bosnia, those areas in Albania, it was the Macedonia region. And in this region, of course, there was one specific place that is mentioned here in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 16, and it's a place called Philippi. And that is where Paul, uh, God led Paul to go here through this particular vision. But as the call is given in verse 9, it says this, Come over into Macedonia and help us. And like you look in verse 10, it says this, And after he had seen the vision. And what's the next word? What is it? Immediately. Immediately. We find was Jesus called his disciples, and that word is used as well, immediately. We think of the disciples, they had a lot of issues, we know that, and and had a lot of weaknesses and frailties, as we all do. But one thing you can say about the disciples, and primarily with James and John, we find mention of him, and even Peter, but as Jesus called them in that one instance, as that call was given, and Jesus says, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. The Bible says immediately they left their nets and followed Jesus. There was no questioning. For us, I know myself, if you know yourself and we're honest, we like to think about things, right? We like to ponder. What's our favorite expression in Christianity? Let me pray about that. Let me pray about that. Or I don't have peace about that. We, we, we lose out many times on those two thoughts, those two expressions. The disciples immediately, they followed Christ. Here, the Bible says, immediately we endeavored to go. I think for each of us that are saved tonight, there needs to be something immediate in our life. Immediate. And that immediate ought to be complete surrender to Christ. Whether you know exactly what He wants or not, there must be a complete surrender to Him. I think as we look at the verse, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Now remember this, the cross that is spoken of in that verse there, and as Jesus has given that challenge to us, that challenge time and time again, take up the cross and follow me. We often, uh, I think, mischaracterize that, that expression, the cross, we uh, often use that expression as a infirmity maybe through life or something unfortunate that we have to deal with, maybe a health situation, maybe a relationship situation. And often we will say the expression, well, that's my cross I have to bear. We mischaracterize that. What Jesus said there, you're dead. 
you're dead. Billy Graham said it this way. Jesus basically says, take up the gas chamber and follow me. The the cross is a place of death. Paul said in Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It's a whole different life. It's a life of denial. It is a life of death to self, dying to self, living to the Lord Jesus Christ. And the verse we, I gave this morning, the song that Valerie sang this morning, Paul said in Philippians 1.24, To me to live is Christ. Boy, you take that name Christ that is there, take it out and just put, an, put, a, put a, a line underscore, an underline there, a blank. And you, then you say the expression, for to me, Paul made it personal to himself, for to me to live is blank. And boy, many in this world today could fill in a lot of things in that blank. What do we live for? For to me to live is career. For to me to live is popularity. For to me to live is money. For to me to live is this or that or a job or promotion. I'm I'm living for this. What's in that blank for you tonight? Oh, may God do a work in our hearts as we go our separate ways this evening and as we move forward for the Lord Jesus Christ that we can truly be as the Apostle Paul and say, you know what? For to me to live is Christ. Christ. Paul reminded the people of Colossae in Colossians 3 and verse 1 when he says, if you, if you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. And then he says down in verse 4, when Christ, and then he adds this expression, who is our life, shall appear, shall appear. He is coming. And I want to remind you, if you're saved tonight, you know Christ. He's your life. He's your life. He's the only reason why we're here. He's the reason why we only have purpose. He's the only reason why we have something to live for. It's Christ. The writer says in verse 10, Luke, he says, immediately, obedience. Will we obey the Lord? To make it very practical and obedience, and you have them, maybe you've turned them in already, I don't know. Um, that's your connection card. You have your faith promise card. Am I correct? You have your faith promise card out. I thought it was in there. I thought that was it. That's your connection card. Anyway, pretend like this is your faith promise card, okay? Can we all pretend? All right. This is your faith promise card. You do not have to take this home and pray about it. You don't have to pray. Don't waste your time and say, Lord, do you want me to get involved in this or not? You don't even have to pray about that. Hey, there it is. Who? They're on top of it back there. 
That's pretty amazing. Thank you. There's your card. So it's all there for you. You don't have to pray about that. That is already a given from Scripture. I remind you this morning, as Jesus says, ye are witnesses of these things. If you are a witness, Jesus says, as the Father has sent me, so send I you. You are sent by the Lord Jesus Christ. That is not something to pray about. What you can pray about is, God, what do you want me to do? How much? How much? That's what you can pray about. It's not whether you should. You don't have to pray, uh, Lord, do you, do you, will you show me whether I should go out and help these church plants? You don't have to pray about that. You know you should. You don't have to pray about putting door hangers on, on houses all over in this, in this neighborhood. You don't have to pray whether you should do that or not. Because these are clear commands of Scripture. And one of those commands of Scripture that we cannot deny, we cannot ignore, and that is spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ is a personal responsibility. It is something I must be obedient to, and it's something you must be obedient to. When will we be obedient? I believe from Scripture we're encouraged immediately. Immediately. God began to work in our hearts through uh, missions in uh, 2013, and, and we, were, we, we surrendered to that and said, Lord, whatever you want us to do, we're willing to do that. And at that particular time, we uh, began praying through a really good friend of ours in, in Canada, and he was involved in mission work in uh, Cambodia. And we began praying about that, and I said, okay, Lord, then my wife and I began praying. If God wants us to be in Cambodia, we were willing to go, we had surrendered that, he's going to have to get us there. And our kids were, of course, smaller then. They were at home, and, and uh, we were wanting to take the whole family. Uh, expensive trip all the way to Cambodia. We were going to the Philippines first and then go to Cambodia and back and then back home. And uh, tickets are expensive. They're over $1,000, and we needed at least $6,000 for tickets and uh, money to be able to have to be able to for the trip. We just began praying about that. It was an amazing thing to see how God provides in a matter of a month, God gave us, and I don't even begin to even calculate it and how it all came in, but God gave us $10,000 to go. And we took that trip. And we went and began praying. We came home and seeking the Lord's will. If Cambodia was where God wanted us to be. I was pastoring, of course, still up in Greenville. And we went through the year and trying to figure this out. How does this happen? How, does we, how do we get this to work? And moving forward with it, and uh, 2014 in August, I went in for a what I thought was just a normal procedure that I needed to get taken care of, and, and in the process of time over the next couple of weeks, found that I had stage four cancer, and God really put a pause in your life when you hear those words, and, and you have to deal with that, and our family by God's grace, and we were able to deal with it and um, have joy through it, and, and I was never sick. I thank the Lord for that. I was never sick through it. We uh, did some alternative things that we felt that God led us to, and my wife was my personal doctor. She gave me things to eat and drink. I still don't know what it was to this day, but I took it and uh, put it down, and but God, by His grace and mercy, uh, saw fit to heal me of all of that. 
and I'm thankful for it. I never uh, miss preaching. I, God really helped us through it. But through that, God taught us some things. And as we look back from that point and moving forward to this day, we just see we just see how God puts things in place. Nothing happens by chance. Nothing happens by coincidence. God does things in His time, in His plan. And everything that happens, He has a purpose. He has a purpose. Never forget that. And no matter what stage in life you are tonight, and I love the testimony, Brother Andy, thank you for sharing, your wife, I appreciate that so much. What's encouraging to me as I hear them and what God has done in their life and what I hear a lot with people and what I even dealt with with in pastoring with people. And, and he's talked about the baggage in life. And boy, baggage is so easy to accumulate in life. So easy. Happens fast. People, I think, get to the place where they don't think they can do anything for the Lord because of so much that has already happened in their life and so much that weighs them down in life. How in the world could I ever do anything? For us, it's on a different level, of course. As we looked at missions and looked at going to the mission field, and then, of course, God healed me of the cancer. I'm thankful for that. I'm so grateful. And, and um, then we decided we would go back to Cambodia and see if this is what God had. We went back. We just sensed that God was not... Uh, leading us in that way anymore, and God had filled that, and so we just came back home to be in Greenville and stay there for the rest of our lives was our plan, and uh, God put a man in my life, a pastor up in Michigan that invited me to go to Nicaragua. He was already there as a missionary. We had supported him. He had to come home because of health, but he wanted to go back and see the people and see the work, and so he invited me to go, and God laid myself on his heart, and so I went and when we left, he just simply said, would you pray about this? And so we began praying. In 2019, my wife and I went back together just to truly see if this is what God wanted. And then we came home, and we were truly at that pivotal point right here in verse 10. And after he had seen the vision, I didn't see a vision. When I had that cup of coffee, I think I saw a vision. I don't know what it was, but it was something. But... Um, we immediately, we endeavored to go. But even in that immediately endeavoring of obedience there, it was still that thought for us, how is this going to happen? I could never dream, never even envision. I, I could look ahead and, and you and look at right now in September the 12th and 2021, and we're just two and a half weeks away from actually going to Nicaragua and beginning the work there. That was something a year and a half ago that looked to us virtually impossible. Impossible. But we knew it was what God wanted. But I was so ignorant of how it was all going to happen. I love the story in, in the book of Joshua. and We find the children of Israel is now Joshua the leader. and He's taking them into the promised land on this conquest and and uh, leading the charge now. And Moses went off the scene. Now it's Joshua. And now the people are there. And in the beginning part of Joshua, we find this instance of this first step of obeying the Lord and trusting God and getting to the promised land that God had given to them. And that really the first step was Jericho. And that was what awaited them. And 
that captain of the Lord host met with Joshua that night and, and gave him everything that he needed to know to take courage and to go fight this battle. And as they make their way to Jericho, there's something in front of Jericho that is that obstacle that is, that is there. It is called the Jordan River. But not only is it the Jordan River, but it's the time of the year that the Jordan is overflowing its banks. And God gives Joshua the instructions of how he wants the children of Israel to do this. And he puts the priests in the ark in front and he puts everybody in, in, in a space and how they're supposed to be spaced out to make this journey through the Jordan to Jericho. And God says this, when the soles of the feet of the priests touch the water, then I will part it and you will go across. It's interesting because I wonder why did they have to put their feet in the water? I may have spoken up. Maybe you would have. I said, listen, I really don't like to get my feet wet. Does anybody here just really doesn't like to get your feet wet with your shoes on? I totally despise it. I hate it. I hate, you know, and socks wet, shoes wet, and tennis shoes wet, walking through. I hate that. Why can't we just go back to Moses? Remember Moses? He just stretches rod out over the sea. Says, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And they walked across on dry ground. They didn't have to get their feet wet. Why do we have to get our feet wet? But that next day, when God did wonders among them, those priests went to the water. And as soon as their feet touched the water, the Bible says, those waters parted. God was testing their faith. Because remember, he had a generation before that did not believe him. That did not, and God showed wonder after wonder after wonder after wonder until they came to Kadesh Barnea. And when they went in to spy it out, they didn't believe that God could do it. He wanted to test their faith to see, do they truly trust me? Do they truly believe me? And I want to tell you, with the obedience in your life, and I trust every one of us in this room will say, I will be obedient to the Lord as he leads me. I'll be obedient in my missions giving. I'll be obedient. And if God calls me, yes, God, I'll go. I'll follow you. I'll surrender. You may not know how it all's going to work out. You may not even know how you're going to give the faith promise, but you know you're supposed to do it. And you're going to do something. And you're going to follow the Lord in that. You're going to be obedient in that. I want to remind you something, there will be obstacles come. And here with the Apostle Paul, the obstacles came. The children of Israel, God wanted to test them. There was something before the victory that he had promised, but he wanted to test their faith. And let me tell you, when you step out in faith and you follow the Lord by faith, you will have to get your feet wet, but the moment that you do and you step out and you say, God, I trust you, I believe you, I want to tell you by personal experience and testimony, God will part the waters. And he's done it for us in miraculous ways that we never thought possible. We, we wanted to, by God's grace, to... Uh, just do one year of deputation. I didn't want to spend all this time. I wanted one year. And we just said, told the Lord, wherever we are in a year, we're going to go. We'll make the plans. We'll go. And um, two reasons for that. The work's ready. Uh, everything is ready, set. We can, we can get busy as soon as we get there. And number two, we're not getting any younger. And I don't want to spend a lot of time out and ride driving and all of that. So we just follow the Lord in that. And... Um, 
the end of May comes and just came, and of course, in the middle of summer. And uh, God has given us almost our full support that we need. If all the commitments come in that have been given, we're, uh, we're past the 100% mark. And God is just in an abundant way, a miraculous way. During COVID that we never thought, when, as we began to plan in February of 2020, and, and COVID came in March, and I had already meetings planned for May, June, July, August, and going forward with all of that, and God keeping all of those in place, and all those places being open, and how God strategically placed us where we needed to be at the right time, and moved us here, and moved us there. But God did His work, and when you step out, God will do something. God will do something, and you can trust Him. Be obedient to the Lord. As you're obedient to the Lord, as we find the Apostle Paul, they did. They endeavored to go immediately. They followed the call of God, and that was to preach the gospel to them. Listen, God is calling you to preach the gospel right here in Kettering, Ohio. To them. That's the them for you. This is your Jerusalem. You understand that, right? This is your Jerusalem. That's what that means. It's where you live. This is your town. This is where it all begins right here. And you do that through your soul winning and all of your outreach effort here. But in that obedience, there will be the obstacles. And as Paul, and, and listen, Satan is a liar, and don't ever forget that. He's a liar and he's a thief. And here the Apostle Paul, and as you step out in obedience, and as those obstacles come, here's Paul and Silas. They could have sat in prison that night and thought and pondered, you know what? We followed the Lord. We heard the Macedonian call. Maybe, Silas, maybe you had too much pizza. Maybe you really didn't hear that. Paul, maybe you really didn't hear that. If God called us here, then why are we in stock? Why are we bound? Why, are, why do we have stripes all over our back? Why are we in pain? Why are we dealing? Why, why all of this? if this is truly what God wanted us to do. Remember this. Jesus said, what? Take up his cross. That's suffering. It's death. And as we die to self, Jesus said this, you're not fit to, my, but a, fit to be my disciple if you don't forsake your father, your mother, your wife, your children, your lands, and all these things. But then he says this, I want you to see the verse. I'm not even going to quote it. Turn to Mark. Would you turn there quickly? It's a great verse. Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10, verse 29. It says, And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, Of course, Peter has said, just said in verse 28, We have left all and followed thee. Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, there is no man that hath left house or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels. In verse 30, look at it. But he shall receive an hundredfold now in this time. I'm not very good at math. But I think we all agree a hundredfold is pretty good. Wouldn't you say? I'm not preaching prosperity gospel, don't get worried. But I want to tell you something. God gives back, and you will never outgive God. 
never. Giving to faith promise, you don't lose anything. You only gain. You only gain. And here, as Jesus says, you'll receive an hundredfold. Now, in this time, notice, houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands. I don't know where the wife went, but she's still there somewhere. With persecutions, look at that, with persecutions, and in the world to come, eternal life. But do you realize there are persecutions in this life? Paul and Silas dealt with it, but what do they do? I believe here they remembered something and they realized something. Their objective, there must be obedience. There will be obstacles, but never Forget your objective. The objective is Jesus Christ. It's not about me, and it's not about you. It's all about him. And as Paul and Silas are in this this prison, they are uh, no doubt in pain. They have suffered. They have been beaten. They've been persecuted. But what do they do? They don't complain about maybe making a wrong decision. They don't think about maybe what they did something wrong. No, they sing and they praise the Lord. Boy, may God do that for us. May we be obedient and follow him. And then lastly, with that, with that comes opportunities. Opportunities. God is waiting. And I believe in each one, every one of your lives tonight. God wants to give opportunity. And he can do it through you. He can do it through you. Just you here tonight, if you just say, I'll be obedient to the Lord. I'll be obedient to the Lord. If everyone in this room tonight, it would be amazing what God could do through this church. If, and I don't want to put them on the spot, but just this young couple in their spirit and their attitude that would say, I want God to do the work in my life. Go to the pastor and say, Would, I, I want to do something for the Lord. Would you direct me? Would you just teach me? Would you show me? Would you help me? I, I want to do something for the Lord. And come with an obedient spirit. Everybody wants to do something. I'm not, to put it this way, I, hope you under, I don't know if you understand this or not. Everybody wants to do something. We can all say, yes, I want to do something for the Lord. But then when the spotlight comes back to you and you realize, boy, i got a lot of things to take care of. We walk away. When you turn to Christ, the closer we get to Christ, the more vile we will realize who we are. But remember, that is the work of the Holy Spirit. And I'm glad as we go closer to the Lord, we realize the sinfulness, the vile of who we are. But, oh, I'm so thankful I don't have to turn and walk the other way. I can draw near to God because he's a God of mercy. He's a God of grace. He is a God of forgiveness. He is a God that restores. He is a God that brings everything back together. And he can take something that is ruined and he can make it 
beautiful. That is the work of God. And Satan will lie and he will lie and cause us time after time just to turn around and walk the other way. Listen, let's move forward tonight for Christ moving to a God that loves, moving toward a God who's gracious, moving toward a God who will show mercy because he wants to do something in your life. And we find this opportunity given here as Paul and Silas are there. The jail shakes and the earthquake comes and they are able to lead this Philippian jailer to Christ. And uh, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And Paul and Silas believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in thy house. And we come to the end of the chapter and I think it's beautiful because we find a full circle taking place here of Lydia being that convert that came to Christ uh, there as Paul was led to her. And at the end of the chapter in verse 40, we see this beautiful thing here of this beginning, this birth of a local church. And it says, and when they went out of the prison and entered into the house of Lydia, and when they had seen the brethren, they comforted them and departed. They met together in Lydia's house. Obedience. There will always be obstacles. But remember your objective. It's Christ. It's Christ. And God will always, always give opportunities. He always will. I challenge you tonight in this area of obedience. Remember, I said this morning, as we've been sent, there should only be two types of people in this room. If you're saved, you know Christ. It's either you're going or you're giving. Just two types. And I ask you tonight, are you a part of this faith promise effort? Faith promise missions. Are you obedient? Are you following the Lord? Maybe you say, yes, pastor, I'm involved in that and I want to be involved in it. Maybe you have never, but I, I realize I need to be doing this. I need to be giving my tithe, my offering, get this thing in order, get it right and follow the Lord and do it as God has called us to. Maybe tonight you would say, I don't know where and I don't know how, but if God is calling me, I'll go. I'll go. We've had over the last year many, and I, I hope it will come to fruition. I really do. Some young people, we, had a, we were at a Spanish ministry up near Chicago and Last Sunday, we were there for the conference and gave an invitation at Sunday school. And I think 11 young people there surrendered to go to the mission field. And they just simply said, I'll go. I'll go. I'm praying all of those will eventually go. Maybe that's you tonight. I don't know where. I don't know how it all can happen. I look at my life right now. That's impossible. But I'll be obedient. Obstacles will come. But remember your objective, it's Jesus Christ. For to me, to live is Christ. Christ. It's all about Him. And God will always give you opportunity. As you see in the video this morning at the beginning, there's a, a couple places such as that. There are dumps, landfills that people live in in Nicaragua and do this in the Philippines as well. But Communities are within the landfills and people live that way and take the garbage and 
recycle it in their own village, in their own communities, whether it's the food, whether it's the items or whatever. They, they live off of the trash dumps. There's a church in one of those, and two, both those places. Well, one, there's ministry there. The other one, there is a church there. And we were there on a Wednesday night, and I preached that night. We waited around, but people came, and people walked. People walked a long way with a baby, toddlers, just walking to go to church. And when you see things like that, you realize how far we've went, how far we have drifted in understanding how easy we have it, how little we'll sacrifice for the cause of Christ. In Nicaragua, there's among the teens there, the the teen suicide rate is high. It's the highest in Central America, in Nicaragua. It's a poor place. It's the poorest, second poorest in the Western Hemisphere. It's the poorest in Central America. But teenagers are committing suicide rapidly. No future, no hope, no money to go to school, no finances to go to universities hardly. There was an article in the USA Today, of course, a newspaper, but in the USA Today, the article was in there. It was a discussion between a guidance counselor and a student in one of the schools in Manawa, Nicaragua. And as she was discussing with the young lady there, her name was Camila, and she said, Camila, you're going to graduate. What are your plans? Name me some of your goals. And Camila said, my goal is by the time I turn 20, I've committed suicide. Can you imagine having a goal such as that? That was her goal. It's an amazing thing as we see as you know of those young people that are like that, but yet you go up into the mountain where God has called us to work with young people and who are there and one of those young men that we were part of right after he graduated from the college, we, our church in Greenville helped him get his church planted and a town called Didiamba there, and he just celebrated three years of his church. He's married now, and God is using him, and, and it's an exciting thing to see. But whether it's him or whether it's those young people that are there in that school and they're there training for the ministry, they come from the same broken families. They come from the same poverty. They came from the same situations. Nothing changed. They didn't have a better future. They didn't have a better income or better, more money. All of that is the same. The thing that changed Everything in their life was Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. And I want to remind you tonight, no matter where you are right now, the only thing that will make the difference in your life is Jesus Christ. Will you give him that opportunity? Will you just be obedient to him? Would you bow your head with me? There are so many things in our in this life that Satan uses and is constantly competing, constantly competing for your heart. 
constantly competing for first place. And I hope tonight, I don't know what it is in your life, God knows, and I I just hope that you can right now where you are, just open your heart. Say, God, here it is. He already sees everything. Let's just be honest with God. And let him do the work that we can truly say, I want the desire that Paul had for to me to live. It's Christ. Life is short, folks. The return of Christ is very near. Our world is shaping up like we've never seen it before. He could come back at any moment. Let's get busy for the Lord. Let's get our eyes off this world. Let's get our eyes off the things of it. Let's get our eyes of what we want to do. And let's follow Christ. We will be obedient. Maybe there's obstacles in your life right now. Let's just bring them to the Lord and realize our main objective is Jesus Christ. And upon the authority of God's word and by personal experience and testimony, and I know that many in this room can say the same thing, opportunities await. And God wants to use every single one of you. How many would say tonight, let's just start, let's just start somewhere. Maybe it's in this area of missions giving. That's just a, a specific thing we can, we can talk about. But you would say, I'm not even, there's nothing to even think about here. I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to be obedient. If that's you, would you just lift your hand up and say, yes, I'm just going to be obedient. I'm going to be obedient to the Lord. Yes, I'm going to be obedient, obedient. Just hold it up high and testify. I'm going to be obedient. Amen. Amen. Is God dealing with you tonight about going? Going. See, I don't know where. I don't know. But I'm willing. I'm willing. I'll go. I don't know how it all can happen. But if God calls me, I'll go. Is there anyone like that God's dealing with tonight? Amen. Anyone else? If God, amen, I'll go. I'll go. Anyone else? Our Father, we thank you for working in the hearts, our hearts. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Do this work tonight, Lord, we pray and May this obedience be quick and immediate, Lord. And may you seal it in our hearts. In Christ's name, amen. Thanks for joining us for this episode. And please take a moment to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. 
If you enjoy this content, please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. We'd like to extend an invitation to you and your family to join us for worship this week at Grace Baptist Church. We'd also love to connect with you online at gracekettering.org. Thanks again for checking out this episode. I look forward to having you join us again right here on the Grace Baptist Church podcast.